Thanks for joining us today. We love to hear how God is using this ministry in your life. So we encourage you to share your story with us at info at Also, if God is using this ministry to impact you, we want to encourage you to partner with us financially. You can do that online at fellowshipgj.com and pick the giving option that works best for you. And help us continue to bring the message of Christ to our community and beyond. Again, thanks for joining us and enjoy today's message. So guys, have you ever noticed that we're always in training? It feels like we're always in training. And if you think back to your childhood, you remember being trained by your parents. You remember being trained in school to learn. You remember being trained in extracurricular activities, whether it's band or it was athletics. I mean, we've always been in training, but you kind of think that once mm, I graduate from high school or college, then the, the training kind of stops. That once I get married, especially, training stops. <sighs> Whatever, right? We're always in training. And I know that for my wife, she feels like she's a constantly trying to train me or teach me or fix me from doing things. And I think that all guys can kind of feel that way, that we're being trained by our wives from time to time. In fact, I, I actually uh, talked to some of our staff wives, and I was like, guys, just tell me, you know, are there some areas in your life that you feel that you are still trying to train your husband with? And I actually had one of the staff members raise her hand. They're like, yes, my husband cannot load the dishwasher right. Can't. She said, he, he turns the cups and glasses right side up and stacks them right side up. So when we wash them, of course, they're not clean. Now, and I looked at her and I said, honey, listen to me for a second. It's not that your husband can't load the dishwasher. It's just that he wants to suck at it bad enough where you won't ask him to do it again. Right? <laughs> Now, I know that my wife has always been on me about uh, folding clothes right, especially socks, okay? So, you know, I do the quickest method. I get the socks, I put them together, and I throw them in the, in the, in the drawer. Well, she wants to roll the socks and then fold the sock over, and then they stack more neatly, she says. And, and in, in my mind, I'm just like, look, they were in the dryer, they left the dryer. They cleaved together. They are now in the drawer. What's the difference, right? Who cares? But if it's not your wife, it's your kids. Your kids train you. It's out of control. I mean, I remember my daughters training me. It's like, it's just ridiculous. It's like, ah, dad, you can't say that, right? Dad, you can't wear that. Are you kidding me? Right? Dad, you can't. Don't pick me up. That is so embarrassing. Right? Now, neither one of my daughters made that kind of sound, but I just think it's funny. But they are always on me about whatever. Dad, you can't wear that shirt. You can't wear that shirt. It's a formal event. It's like, well, it's, it's button-up. Yeah, but it's camo. It's still, it's a button-up. And if it's not your kids, it's your pets. <laughs> pets. My pets train me. Now, the difference between my dog and my cat is that I train my dog. My cat trains me. <laughs> now, I have a picture of my cat. Yes. 
This is Kitty, and her name is Kitty. And Kitty has been training me for some time, especially when she needs to go out at night. Now, the way it works at our house is that she is a bit of a carouser. She's a bit of a partier. She's a bit of a player. And I've sat and I've talked to her about this. I've looked at her and I've said, don't you think you should be making better choices with your life? Is it really necessary that you get up at four in the morning and you go out to all hours of the night? I mean, is this really what you want to do with your life? Now, I know at some point as a parent, we have to just let them go and make their own decisions. And so she does about three or four o'clock every morning. And the way my kitty works is that she'll jump up on our bed at some point in the night, wake me up to go to sleep. She wakes me up to go to sleep. Okay, that's the way she works. But then at about three or four in the morning, she wakes me up. And the way she wakes me up is with a kitty yawn. You know what a kitty yawn is? A kitty stretch. Oh, I can feel her on my legs. And she's, oh, stretches. And then she stands up slowly. And she jumps off the bed. Now, my kitty has a walk. And my kitty will go from our bed through our bathroom to the exterior door in our bathroom. And of course, when she does it, she's moving. And my cat is so cocky that she'll turn and look at her tail if she does it. And she'll walk all the way through our bedroom, all the way through the bathroom, and she gets to our door. And our door has a window on it, and it has blinds that go over that window. And so my cat, in trying to train me, would go to that window at 4 o'clock in the morning and slap it. And then, boom, take off. Now, I would wake up, and I'm like, oh, I guess, what is that? You know, what is it? And it took two or three times before just slapping it that I realized, oh, I need to get up and do something. So I'm thinking, well, she probably wants to go outside. So I go, and I open up the door, but the kitty's gone. And cats don't hide in easy places for us to get to them. Cats hide in the absolute worst places for us to get to them. And my kitty has, has, has picked this perfect spot under our bed, right in the middle of the bed. The furthest place for me to reach and so I open the door, she bolts, she's not there. I'm wondering what's going on. So I'm trying to get her so I can put her outside. I know where she's at. So I'm crawling under the bed and I'm reaching for her. And I got my hands extended as far as I can get them. And she's under there and she's doing this with my. And I finally get a hold of her and then I gently place her outside. Close the door and then go to bed. Now, this goes on for a while, like every night, for a while. She goes in, and she slaps the blinds, and she takes off running, and she's just laughing. Now, you might think, I've never heard a cat laugh. I have. And finally, I realized, oh, okay, this is kind of a game. So it only took me about six months, but I finally understood, and she trained me, that when I open the door, I have to leave it open. Then I have to go over, and I have to sit on our toilet and wait for her to walk by and go out the door. 
That is my life, ladies and gentlemen. That's what I go through every night. And my kitty has me trained to a T. But when it comes to training, guys, we're always in it. And not only are we being trained by others, but there comes a time when we have to start doing some self-training. We have to do certain things in our life to where we make sure that we are healthy and we're the right kind of husband we need to be. We're the right kind of father we need to be. We're the right kind of child of God we need to be. And if you're a dad or, or a guy, you're going to get a lot out of this message. But ladies, I want you to listen closely because hopefully this is going to show you or expose the heart of the man that you love. Because what I've found through the years, and, and I'm telling you, it's taken a long time for me to figure some of these things out, and I, I still don't have it figured out. I'm still not as good a dad as I need to be. I still am not as, as good of a child of God as I need to be. I fail more times than I succeed. But if I can help in any way get you through some tough times in your life with some of these things, that's what I want to do. And I think, guys, as we get older and we go through different things, we go through a death of a parent. We go through raising teenagers. We go through trials and tribulations of life. We learn how to navigate those things. And we learn how we can navigate them the best. And for me, I, I just think that as I've gone through some of that stuff, I've read some really good books. I've listened to some really good counselors. I've listened to some really good teachers. And what I've found is that there's some things that we need as guys. That if we'll put into our life, it will make our life so much better. The first thing I think that all guys need, and we need it our whole life, is we need an adventure. We need an adventure. And, you know, there's some great authors out there that have talked about different, uh, or they've written different books on manhood and dealing with issues as guys. And a lot of them talk about this theme of making sure that they have some type of adventure built into their life. There's something in us as guys that longs for adventure. And we need to be able to explore and experience new things. And it's amazing the difference you'll see in yourself and your spouse will see in you if you get to go out and really experience some kind of adventure. And that adventure has to change throughout life, but we have to continually put that into our life. Now, I, about six or seven months ago, I did a message and I was talking about one of the things that my wife and I did as an adventure last year for our vacation. We did a motorcycle trip to Yellowstone uh, National Park, and then we went all the way to Coeur d'Alene, Idaho. We did a, like a 2,500-mile motorcycle trip. What an adventure! And we purposely did it to where... We didn't know where we were going to stay each night. We didn't know what town we were going to stay in to make it an adventure. Now, that was a little hard for my wife. She struggled. And actually, about midway through the trip, she took away the responsibility from me of booking hotel rooms. She said, you know, you can't do that anymore. That, you can't do that. Because I, you know, I was like looking for cheap, convenient. She didn't like that. So we switched. I said, okay, you, you, can, make, you can make the hotel reservations. But what an adventure. It was so cool. It was, such, it was epic. That trip was epic. And so epic that we're going we're gonna to do it again this year, go to different locations. But, man, that, that, that just did something in my heart. It stirred something in me. And we need to do that for ourselves. Even if, even if we turn the mundane, our everyday, into an adventure, if we have to travel or if we have to drive for work or we have to do, you know, get out on the road, do a different route. Take a route that's longer. Take a route that, that, that where you can see the beauty of Colorado more. Do something different. Doing a vacation that isn't necessarily all planned out. 
Maybe you just take off and go. I, mean, I know for me, I, I, do vac- I love vacations. Everybody loves vacations, okay? But I, it drives me nuts if I go on a vacation and every day I have something to do and we have to be at this location for this thing and we have to do this tour and we have to do the meal at this time. <sighs> My life is structured and scheduled enough at home. When I go on vacation, I want it to be an adventure. I want it to be different. I want it to be crazy. I want us to have fun. Don't get stuck doing the same thing over and over again. Now, the men in the Bible that we read about and admire uh, all had adventure built into their lives. And that's one of the reasons why we love to read their stories. And, And because of that, they didn't get into trouble. But when they didn't have that in their life, they did get into trouble. And we know the story of King David. King David was this awesome king, and he, he, you know, he conquered all of these pagan nations, and he built this awesome kingdom. But David got into trouble when David stopped his adventure. When he stopped his adventure, he stayed home when he shouldn't have stayed home, and he got bored. Oh, we are so dangerous men when we get bored. That's when we get into trouble. And that's what happened to David. He got bored, he lusted upon a woman, he had sex with her, he got her pregnant. As a result, he made sure that her husband died in battle so she could, he could cover up this sin. I mean, it was just this spiral of, of, of turmoil and sin that he fell into as a result of not allowing there to be adventure in his life. When we don't have adventure, we make stupid decisions. And we tend to want to escape when we're bored. That's just, guys, that's just the way we're made up. And not only do we need an adventure, but we also need a challenge. So we need an adventure in our life, but we need a challenge in our life. We need to be challenged at work and at play. I am the happiest and most fulfilled when I am challenged at work. And I am the happiest and most content when, I'm cha- when I challenge myself at play. You give me a project at work that is a challenge, and I am having a blast. But if I'm not challenged, I tend to feel unfulfilled, like I'm not making a difference. And guys need to make sure that we, f- we are feeling fulfilled. If, if we feel like we don't matter, that we're not significant, it's extremely hard on our self-esteem and our psyche. If I have something that I'm doing on the side that's challenging, I feel so, so much more content with my life. And over the years, I've done good at this, and then I've done bad at this. Especially when it comes to doing challenging things with my playtime, with my free time, with my hobbies, with my activities. When uh, I was younger, I mean, and this is kind of the thing, that, something that happens to guys. We go through high school, especially if you're in sports, and, and man, your whole life is about a challenge. Your whole life is about practices and games and trying to get to the next level. And then if you go on to college and you do the same thing there, you have all this challenge built in. And then you graduate and it's gone. And you're like, what do I do now? What do I do now for a challenge? Well, for me, I realized that and I was like, oh gosh, I need something. And usually we, we fail or do something stupid and then we realize we need to do a change. And that's, that's typical for all of us. And so for me, I was like, I've got, I got to do something. So I remember a time I got really into snow skiing, man. That was all, whew, I love, you know, that was it. I did snow skiing all the time, which is great in the winter, but you can't do it in the summer. And I'm saying we have got to get, uh, we've got to get so strategic that we're thinking, okay, what am I going to do in the summer to challenge myself? What am I going to do in the winter to challenge myself? It didn't take long for me to go, I don't, I don't like skiing anymore. 
I don't like lift lines. I don't like to be cold. I need to do something else. And so, hey, I started playing golf. Golf was a big thing for me for a while. There's nothing more challenging than golf. (laughs) There's nothing more maddening than golf. So you have to decide, is this going to be something that I'm going to pour myself into? Because will, that will always be a challenge. And for me, it wasn't really good for the time of life I was in. I had little kids. I would go and play 18 holes of golf, and I would come back six hours later, and my wife wanted to kill me. So that wasn't maybe the best time for me to leave her with small, children's while I, small children while I went out and played. But whatever it is, it was golf for a while for me, Maybe for a while, it was, it, for me, it was motorcycle riding for a while. Uh, hunting, man, hunting can be a challenge, really an adventure. Water sports were fun for me for a while. In fact, we, uh, we you know, I slalom skied and we wake surfed. And then I had, a, we got an air chair. Have you ever heard of what an air chair is or a sky ski? So it's this big ski that you set on as a chair that has a hydrofoil underneath and you strap yourself to it. It's kind of like, I don't know, strapping yourself to death. That's what it kind of feels like because it's just out of control and you're just going all over the place. It's, it's so much fun. It's awesome. It takes a while to learn. Challenging. And it, it's so fulfilling when we have that challenge in our life. Now I've, I've, I'm mountain biking. Mountain biking is so awesome for me because it keeps me active, keeps me in shape. And the trails around here, they're going to challenge you. They're going to challenge you. You're going to be one inch from death at most of the time on your rides. That's just the way it is. But, but guys need that. We don't need to be reckless. We don't need to be stupid. But we need a challenge. All of us do. Now, listen to this. And here's the difference. Because you don't read a lot about You don't think about a lot of this in the Bible. And it's, the reason is, is because the people in the Bible had challenges just built into their living. It was a challenge to put food on the table. It was a challenge. I mean, they had to go hunt their food. They had to go clean their food. They had to, I mean, they're, 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 it was just a challenge was built into their everyday life. But because of the era that we live in, we must find things to keep us challenged. We must find healthy challenges in our lives or we're going to stumble into unhealthy ones. Maybe becoming a workaholic. You know, that's just, you, you're so unhappy with your life that you have to constantly challenge yourself with work. Or maybe you're trying to uh, take something that isn't yours. Maybe you're trying to steal somebody else's job or you're trying to steal somebody else's possessions through some type of challenge. Or, or maybe you're trying to steal somebody else's wife or somebody else's woman. Those are unhealthy challenges. And if we fill our life with adventure and challenge, then the bad stuff that can tempt us won't seem so great. Dallas Willard said this, one of the wisest uh, uh, quotes that I've ever heard. He says, I want to carve out such a wonderful life for myself that sin loses its appeal. That's what we need to do. Guys, we need, we need to do whatever it takes to make our life seem, seem so, so awesome that we wouldn't want to trade it for an affair. We wouldn't want to trade it for some stupid decision. Now, a midlife crisis is real. It's real. And I absolutely believe that I have gone through a season of my life where I was going through a midlife crisis. Now, if you read the books and you study what a midlife crisis looks like, it's not so much by age as it is by uh, seasons. And so what it says is that we need to be careful, guys. If we are caring for ailing parents, okay, so our parents are getting older, maybe they get sick, and so we're having to watch them go through that. When we feel like we are buried in debt, we're buried in a big mortgage, 
we're buried at work and we feel like we're trapped with, um, with, with debt or we feel like we're trapped at work, we feel like we're trapped with our family, uh, when we start analyzing that we might have more days behind us than ahead of us, those are all things that can send us kind of spinning into a midlife crisis. And the way that we fix that, guys, is we, we fix it with adventure and we, we, we fix it with, with uh, uh, different things and new things in our life. We fix it by, by changing where we're at. And I'm telling you, it makes such an incredible difference. When my dad started going downhill, oh, I struggled. I struggled. And I needed help. I read books. I talked to counselors. And that's what we have to do, guys. We have to always be trained and be willing to learn. And if you hear of someone in your life that says, I think I'm going through a midlife crisis, don't make fun of that. Don't dismiss that. They go and buy a motorcycle or buy a convertible and they're trying to get some adventure in their life. They're trying to get some excitement in their life and you make fun of them. They're not trying to do anything but put some adventure in their life. They're not trying to do anything but put some excitement back into their life. And there's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with that within reason. Now, I'm not saying go out and buy, you know, $150,000 convertible Ferrari. That's not what I'm saying. But invest in yourself, guys. Invest in yourself. The other thing that I think that we need, and this is just personal, and you're not going to find this in Scripture, but I think guys need a collection. Something that they can collect. Something that is extremely just, it's just, there's something extremely